you are invited to pause and take a closer look at a Bible passage. Perhaps you need a word of encouragement today or some wisdom and instruction. Through God's Word, our focus turns to the Lord and our hearts open up to His guidance and direction. This podcast is part of the global outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome to Walk with God. Hello, friends. During these days of Lent, we continue to prepare our hearts and minds for the celebration of Easter. Perhaps you chose to give up something during these weeks in order to focus your thoughts on the Lord. And Walt and I have been talking over these past few days about different individual responses that we might take during this six-week period of Lent. This is a time of remembrance and preparation, and we've asked each other as well as shared back and forth with each other, what should my response be? How should I prepare my heart and mind for Easter? And one of the things we just said today to each other is our lives are busy. Our days are full. And if we're not really careful, we we forget that Easter is coming in a few weeks. And so it's our prayer that the Lord will use these Easter reflections to prepare each of us for sincere worship a deeper appreciation for the Lord's sacrifice on the cross and the joyous celebration of his resurrection. And Brenda, today's scripture passage will take us to a personal story, the story when Mary anoints Jesus' feet with pure nard. This is found in John chapter 12. I'm going to begin with verses 1 to 3. Therefore, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a dinner there, and Martha was serving. And Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very expensive perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume." Well, the Greek word here used for how much is, is involved is about 11 ounces, and this is a lavish amount to pour out on someone. Um, this quantity indicates Mary's great love and high regard for Jesus, but also her humility. And Mary's at his feet, the place where a servant or a slave even would be. She's at his feet, and not only is she she pouring this out, she's also wiping it with her hair. Um, this nard, sometimes it's called spike nard, is an, an Indian um, oil that comes from the, the northern mountains of India. And it came from roots, literally spikes, of the nard plant. It's a pure ointment and therefore very high quality, as well as it's imported all the way from India and very expensive. And Matthew and Mark noted that the liquid was in an alabaster flask in the neck of which Mary broke to pour it out on Jesus. And I love this contrast that Mary is demonstrating. Uh, Just before this, we've had the religious leaders say, we've got to get rid of Jesus. And yet here we have a story of one individual's devotion and the way she demonstrated her love for the one she had come to believe in, the one who just previously in John 11 raised her brother Lazarus from the dead. Her act of sacrificial devotion is a model for all true disciples. And this brings into my mind and heart, a head to heart, 
what does sacrifice and devotion look like in my life and in your life? And this might seem a little strange, but for me, um, do I take time in the morning to look at God's word and pray before I check the sports scores from last night's games? That's just where I'm at. Brenda is laughing at me, and that's okay. But but it's just an indication of what's my first love. I get caught up in sports, but am I caught up in the Lord? Yeah, and you know I am chuckling, Walt. But I have to say, it it's what distracts us. Where where do my thoughts? Where do my eyes turn first? And do we look to the Lord first? This chapter begins with Mary's extravagant worship of Jesus. And you and I both love the picture of this. But now we are going to see the critical response of others in attendance at this dinner, beginning in verse 4. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who intended to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the proceeds given to poor people? Now, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he kept the money box, he used to steal from what was put into it. You know, this is giving us now a very true picture of who Judas is, because we see first and foremost here, it's showed to us that he is a thief, that he steals from the money box of Jesus and his disciples, the money they needed as they traveled around that people had given, he was taking that. And we also see in verse four, the that phrase, the one who intended to betray him. Well, 300 denarii, Judas is saying, that's a large amount of money and could have helped many people. Well, that's, in fact, a full year's wages for a working man in this particular culture. But what I love here is that idea that Mary would not give the Lord something that didn't cost her. She wanted her worship to be an extravagant gift, one that had cost her money. And, and in that way, she was like David in Second Samuel 24. Uh, King David wanted to build an altar to the Lord and worship him. Um, the land David was considering belonged to Yeruna the Jebusite. And he says to the king, I'll give you the land, I'll give you the oxen, I'll give you the, the, lo- the yokes and the threshing sledges for the wood. Um, you can do a sacrifice, David, right here. I'll give you everything. But David replies, no, but I will certainly buy it from you for a price. For I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. So in that, David, we have that beautiful example, Walt, from the Old Testament of King David. I, I'm i going to pay for something. I'm not going to bring an offering before the Lord that has not cost me something. And the same with Mary. Here she has collected this expensive perfume, this nard, and she has it in an alabaster flask. You can imagine it was a treasure, and she brings that out in this dinner, and she offers it. Real worship always costs the worshiper. It always involves a sacrifice. One of the things that I have practiced uh, since I 
learned last summer about the Dwell Bible app, on, and I have that on my phone now, but I've chosen each morning to listen to God's Word. Uh, what I've found is I am driving, and when I'm in the car on my way to work, I'm often listening to music. And I made the decision that that time was going to be spent listening to God's Word. And I have to say, after practicing that listening for these past months every day, I have a greater desire each morning to listen to His Word. It's now become a habit for me to open up my Dwell app, and push for today's Bible reading. And I'm loving listening to God's Word first. And it's a good reminder, true worship and sacrifice is never a waste in God's sight. It's never. Jesus now is going to rebuke Judas, telling him this, and this is John 12, 7 and 8. Therefore Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always will have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This rebuke of of Judas who said, this is a waste because he was a thief. Because he was a thief. This response, Jesus said, no, it wasn't a waste. It was worship. It was something that Mary did out of the kindness and the love of her heart for her Savior. And I love even that last phrase in verse 8 where it says, you do not always have me. And of course, this is Jesus, and he's talking about after his death, burial, and resurrection that he will ascend to heaven back to the right hand of the Father. But it reminds me that idea that those people around us, our loved ones, our friends, we won't always have around us. And I think of a dear man of God, Mal Lancaster. And we did a wonderful, um, really, time of honoring him a few years ago. And I think there were at least 100 people that attended that afternoon. And what a sweet time just to have him there and people expressing their thanks. Uh, A man who was faithful in teaching God's Word for well over 40, 45 years. Right, right. And and just what an example. I mean, it was so good because a lot of times, um, at times, remembrance is a funeral. And so we give flowers at a funeral and we do other things there. But what a joy to, to do something while the person is still living to show your appreciation um, for the specific ways a, a person has impacted your life. Right. And in the past, um, one of the things I know we've done is at Thanksgiving time, we've actually written a a letter of thanksgiving or appreciation for people who have impacted our life, who've made a difference in our marriage. I remember one time we wrote a letter to Dr. Gary Chapman for his ministry in enriching our marriage and helping us grow in our marriage. And so those are practical ways that we can celebrate people's lives. Well, once the news is spread that Jesus is back in the village of Bethany, uh, people travel to see him in Lazarus' home, continuing on verses 9 through 11 of, of chapter 12. The large crowd of Jews then learned that he was there, and they came not on account of Jesus only, but so that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But, and here's that contrast of word, but, the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death also. 
because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. Um, the religious leaders um, that consisted of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, here called the chief priests, they devised a plan, and they said, we not only have to kill Jesus, we have to kill Lazarus. Jesus is to be put to death because he is claimed to be equal with God the Father. But Lazarus has not done anything like that. He is going to be put to death because his resurrection has resulted in many believing in Jesus. And this is a warning for us to avoid sin. This is a warning for me to avoid sin. First, the Pharisees plot to kill Jesus, and now they plan to kill Lazarus too. And after that, they will kill the disciples, everyone except for John. They're followers of Jesus, and that's why they must be put to death. And the reality of sin is this. Sin will lead to even greater sin. It compounds like interest. It'll lead to even greater sin unless it's nipped in the bud. And apart from the grace of repentance, of saying, I was wrong, I, I, I need your forgiveness, and apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, we will descend even further into the pit of sin. That's just the way sin sucks us in. But also here to be encouraged, many were believing in Jesus because of the miracle of Lazarus, him being raised from the dead. And is there something about the way you and I live our lives, maybe not having been raised from the dead, but our words, our actions, um, our love of others, that, that cause others to be drawn to the love and to the forgiveness of Jesus? You know, many times our actions will speak louder than words. We were talking about this. Mary never utters a word, never but her actions were observed by the dinner guests. And, and 2,000 years later, we still reflect on her sincere act of worship. Just as Jesus had said in Mark 14, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. And 2,000 years ago, here we, we are still speaking the memory of, of her lavish worship. And I think... Uh, just a couple hours ago, Walt, as you and I were studying through this passage and talking about this particular lesson today, we were both moved to tears thinking about her lavish, her extravagant worship. As she walked into the dinner room that night, the guests were lying around, they, you know, sit, they lounge around tables in that culture and as they were there having dinner, her sister Martha is serving with other women, I'm sure. As usual. Yes. <laughs> and But we, we were just touched by the fact that this woman um, is such a powerful story. Um, her life was radically changed by Jesus. We don't know what her story was, but we know he freed her from the bondage of sin, and she owed everything to him. And she had humbled herself that evening. You mentioned it earlier. She came in and fell, fell at his feet. And on this particular evening, when she comes in, she's carrying this expensive perfumed ointment. And then she pours this oil as she wept with great thanksgiving and praise in her heart. She offered this extravagant, expensive worship to her personal Lord and Savior. She had a heart that was overflowing. You know, sometimes 
we forget what our past life was. Yeah. And I think this story today reminds us not not that we go back and we we wait around and we grovel in that sin and and we allow the shame and the guilt to overwhelm us, but that we would look back enough at that to say I was a sinner. I was a sinner. I am forever grateful because I have been saved by grace and bowing before Jesus and pouring out her worship with an expensive, fragrant offer, offering to him her heart was totally focused on Jesus. And, and even as you're speaking, Brenda, I just brought to mind the, the, the whole idea of, of praying, uh, um, the psalm prayer that says this, Lord, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. It's been almost 44 years ago that I trusted Christ as my personal Savior. That, that tells you how old. I'm getting old. But at the same time, that in those 44 years, I've had now 43 different Easter's when I've been a believer. And I've got to say, it, it, it's really a challenge. It's a challenge for me to, again, have this freshness of worship and, and this excitement that it's another Easter, and Easter is, is the greatest day um, of the the year of the universe. I mean, yes, Good Friday is when he offered his sacrifice, but, but Easter was the day he arose from the dead and proved that he had victory over death and the grave and over Satan, and that he was the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we are forever grateful for his sacrifice. And I pray that we will think of Mary that as she bowed before Jesus and she poured out her worship through this fragrant offering, her heart was focused on him. In the next few weeks, it's our desire that each of us, you, our listeners, as well as Walt and myself, that we will spend time reflecting on the ultimate cost of Jesus' sacrifice and recognize he is worthy of our extravagant worship. Until the next time, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.